Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Cross Border Interview Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Christopher Brown. Today is episode four of Cross Border Interviews Women's Week, and we sit down with two special guests, Jade and Leah Malott. They are mother and daughter, and we talk about the Me Too movement, we talk about gender fluidity, and we talk about growing up as females. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Cross Border Interviews Women's Week featuring Jade and Leah Malott. <laughs> okay, so... Um, the purpose of this podcast is Women's Week. Uh, I want to learn about women's issues from women. And I'm looking at two right now, I'm assuming. Uh, in the binary way, they are both uh, women. Uh, Jade Malott and Leah Malott, mother and daughter. Uh, so thank you very much for doing this. No problem. Yep. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Okay. You're, very, you're very welcome. I'm very honored to be here. Thank you. Because we have an hour to do and we've only filled up 45 seconds. <laughs> okay. So, um, uh, I guess my first question to both of you, and either one can take it first, I will say, <laughs> we'll start with Jade. Jade, do you consider yourself a feminist? Not like today's feminist. Like, I believe... We should have equal rights, but today the outlook on feminists is that we consider more extremists. How so? Whenever feminist is basically kind of like lost its name, because anytime someone who says they're a feminist, there's more of the time where it's like they don't believe in equality, they believe women should either be more or they take it further than what it should be, whereas women should be equal to men. Okay. And so I'm assuming that means you think that women and men should be equal, right? Yeah. Okay. What about yourself, Leah? I think that there is a lot of wanting to be equal. And I think that there is a lot of people that feel that women and men are equal. And don't get me wrong, women can do a lot of different jobs and things like that that men can do. But ultimately, our makeup is different. We are built differently. We are emotionally and mentally different than men. We perform different jobs and fulfill different roles in our society than men do. And that's special and unique. Does it mean we shouldn't vote? Absolutely not. But I think that, yeah, feminists, I can open my own door. But if a guy opens a door for me, I'm not going to freak out and I'm not going to think that, oh, hey, you're just an awesome person either. It's a polite thing to do. I hold doors for guys, too. So um, as the mother-daughter relationship has formed over the last night, 20, 18 and three quarter years. 18 and three quarter years. Jade, what has your mother taught you about being a woman that you're able to use in your day-to-day life today? Definitely not my feminist charm. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, No, she taught me a lot of different things about how to not like be independent either okay yeah cooking is a main thing or dressing myself I was okay (laughs) you know how to dress yourself you just have a unique style yeah (laughs) call it that Unique is a word that parents use when they don't want to say bad things about kids. I've learned that very quickly. No, I understand that very much, but I prefer the bluntness. (laughs) I don't need it, like, implanted. 
<laughs> um, so, uh, when you were raising Jade, um, did you take what your mother had taught you and use that towards raising your daughter? Or uh, I, I, when I talk to parents, they, the first thing I often hear is, if you hear that, that is a dog who's walking across the floor. Uh <laughs> We're trying to call him over, and that was Zach. We have the boyfriend of Jade here as well, who's listening into this conversation. He's trying to open a treasure box right now, but we'll just go from there. <laughs> so, um, when you were raising Jade, did you uh, find that you had to forego what your mother had taught you, or did you use what your mother had taught you and put it towards uh, what you were teaching Jade? I would say it was a mix. There were some things that I had to set aside because they simply didn't fit in today's society um, with all the advancements and stuff that we have, uh, both in society and technology. Unfortunately, when when my mom was growing up and when she was bringing us kids up, there was a lot of places we lived. We didn't have power. We didn't have water. And so we were taught to work hard. We were taught to do without and Jade was lucky enough to live up, live, grow up in a time where she... You lived not, up. Congratulations, Jade. She did not have to, she didn't have to deal with that. She didn't have to grow up with that. Um, so a lot of the pioneer kind of ideals that I grew up with, I didn't, there was no necessity to pass it on to her. I did try to pass on to her hardworking, to be a responsible person, um, to be a polite person, um, just basically be an all-around, you got it wrong, she swore first, That's true. to be an all-around, good, responsible, contributing member of society. And it's difficult to know where those lines are drawn, but as far as feminist-type ideals, cooking, cleaning, things like that... I don't consider those to be pure women jobs. Those are essential jobs for knowing how to take care of yourself. So if she was going to live on her own, she'd need to know how to cook. She'd need to know how to clean, how to do her own laundry, things like that. And that's why I taught her those things, not for the reason of she would get married and have to take care of a husband. Raising her, I have told her over and over again through her life that she needs to be happy with herself first before she can be happy with another person and not to look to having another half to complete her. She doesn't need a man to be happy, but having that person in her life is to complement her life. Okay. Um, Jade, uh, one of the questions that I usually... uh ask in this podcast is when was the first moment you knew um, whether it be you want to be a musician whether you want to be a politician um, but for this week it's kind of different so I asked this question in all sincerity do you remember the moment when you realized that there was a difference between genders difference between genders like you were in high school were you in uh, public school were you in uh, kindergarten and there were boys and girls and the teacher came up to you like one podcast uh, I guess said I don't want you to play with the boys because girls play together and the boys play together oh right off the bat for the longest time because dad's parents are 
very traditional and whatnot right off the bat it was a lot of times I couldn't do the same thing as my male cousins could do because I was woman, woman like I was a girl yep. and my nana didn't want me to do that she wanted me to move board dolls and stuff like that which I'm not yeah. <laughs> so when you had that coming on did you talk to your mom and say mom I want uh, more of a I, I want to be able to do what I want to do and Leah and maybe you'll be able to piggyback on this were you able to talk that out and say Jade you're able to do what you want because so f- when I when when you hear stories from parents and mums and daughters, it's uh, hey, there's the um, stereotype that males are males, females are females. But in today's culture, uh, mothers I find are breaking that down, saying you can be whoever you want to be. So, did you were you able to go to your mother and talk about that? Oh, definitely. <laughs> Do you want some water? Just <laughs> <laughs> some coffee. No, it's always been like, okay, in front of grandparents, okay, kind of act a little more girlish. But my mom and my dad, they've always been very open about like, okay, you want, you want to play with hockey sticks, you want to play with action figures, or you want to hang out with the boys, that's fine. That is totally fine. You be you. And when she came to you and started asking those questions, is it okay for me to potentially play, as I literally look behind my shoulders, there's a photo of Jade in a football uniform, is it okay for me to play football? Is it okay for me to play sports? Because um, people might not like it because I'm a girl playing a male-dominated sport. Yeah, it's always been fine by me for her to be her, to do what she wants to do. Ultimately, and I tell the same thing to my littlest, and I still tell Jade the same thing, is you have to do you. She has to, she wanted to play football, she could play football. And if people didn't like it, those weren't the people she wanted in her life. Those weren't the people she needed around her to support her. If she had something she loved to do, then she needed to find people that would support her in that and and be companions in her with that. And I never had a problem with it. Was that hard for a girl growing up where people, you're, you want to do what you want to do, and especially, and I'm not saying that all rural uh, Canada's like this, but in a rural setting, there is a stereotype that you are supposed to stick to your non, uh, you're supposed to stick to your gender conformities. You're supposed to be the girly girl. You're supposed to wear the dresses. You're not supposed to play. So when you were doing this and you were going out, uh, trying out for the uh, football team, did you get a lot of pushback from the coaches, from your teachers, from the other students, or were they more accepting because of the day that we live in? Um, yes and no to both. There's a lot of people that I did meet that are very accepting towards this. And there's also a lot of people that they would even make comments, be like, okay, you're a girl, so either go easy on her or don't go as hard. And they would go so light, like barely even touch me kind of thing because they were just worried because I was a girl playing on the football team or any sport. Um, Even uh, coming out as gender fluid, it was still like, it's still hard. Like, like they don't accept you because I've always been a girl. They don't accept you fully as, okay, yeah, you are part male, part female kind of thing. Okay. I still get comments on that. Yeah, no, understandable. And that's actually mm-hmm. a good point to spawn off on the next set of questions for Leah. Um, what was that process? Well, first off, let's actually to ask you, 
when did you realize that? Because that's a big moment in your life when you have to come to that. You don't come to that realization when you have to uh, start announcing. It's sort of you're coming out, right? I'm coming out as a gender fluid. How was? Take me through that process for you. Um, well, when I first kind of realized it or kind of clued in where it made sense was, well, I would look at everybody around me. I'd look at you. I'd look at, like, other people. Like, there's gays, there's bi's, there's that for sexuality. And, okay, I know about transgenders and that. I didn't quite feel like I was completely one or the opposite until I saw a video of this comedian. And she explained what uh, gender fluid is, where it's both, where you are male and female mentally and physically you could be one or the other. It's up to you. And it's kind of like either being bi or something where you have a chart. It's not necessarily male one day, female the next. It could be in between. Um, And it just made so much sense. It just kind of clicked because I've never felt like I was just female. Like I said, I wanted to be female, but I was also playing football. I felt like one of the guys. I still do. (laughs) And how was that for you? Um, Yet again rural Canada, not the most uh, uh, friendly towards a different, let's just say that. I I don't like different in in general. So when she, when Jade came to you and told you this, this must have been a little bit, uh, not hurtful, but a little bit uh, hesitant for you to accept it because, hey, you want something for your child and now that whole idea of what is expected of your child or what you hope for your child is now potentially out the window because she's going to be going through something that you haven't been able to go through um it's been it's been different but i could see the change in her when she when she realized this, she came and she spoke with me and it was just like, she's like, I get it now. I know what's going on. And I really encouraged her to learn more about it and to learn, speak with, because she's been going to see therapists and things and, you know, to speak with them about it and maybe see if there's other avenues she could explore to make sure that she understood what this whole thing is. And I'm still learning about it, too. I can't say that I understand fully because I'm not in her skin, but I completely accept it. Like, if this is, if this is her, this, this is her, this is, as far as I'm concerned, Jade is my daughter. Whether it's Jade a boy, Jade a girl, Jade a in-between, it's Jade. And that's simply who she is. She, and... She will realize the dreams that she wants in her life and the things that she is willing to work for, no matter what I think I want. It, that doesn't matter. I have to put that aside because a parent can't decide for their child what they're going to be, what they're going to do, who they're going <laughs> Talk to Talk to my father. <laughs> he still yeah. wants me to go to college for business. <laughs> But as long as it is making her happy and fulfilling in her life and it's not hurting other people, um, I'm willing to accept it. And it's just who she is. Do you find um, being gender fluid has, I don't want to say benefits, but has allowed you to explore a part of yourself that you didn't think you could potentially as just identifying as a female? Definitely, yeah. I definitely feel like 
well in football I always felt like okay yeah I am a girl they need to kind of like lighten up on me or okay that makes sense because I am a girl and whatnot like the bruises you came in with <laughs> did you and I asked this question like actually like because I hear the stories of females in sports they when they get into this male dominated sport they go hard yeah. they just go you know what I'm gonna show you guys that I can play mm-hmm. just like the boys was that you? Definitely. I always tried my best to keep up and definitely show them who is boss. Like, even fine now, like, being in gender fluid and being like, okay, yeah, no, I'm I'm kind of bold. It kind of gives me more of a courage to speak out. So definitely in, like, my workplace now, it's more, more guys there. I'm definitely able to push harder and do more than actually some of the guys there can. Well, that's good. Well, not good, but hey, <laughs> you're showing them up, right? Yeah. Um... You, you spoke about the uh, workplace, and it actually segues into our next set of topics quite well. And it's actually a topic that I'm happy that I have two generations of uh, females here. Uh, the Me Too movement. Uh, I, from your perspective, we'll start with Leah first. From your perspective, how do you describe the Me Too movement when you're talking to your daughter, when you're talking to other people? And as a female who is of a certain age, 29. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No problem. How do you view that Me Too movement? Um, well, ultimately, you know me, I try my best not to really touch a lot of the inflammatory subjects because I'm very opinionated. And that's why this podcast is here and we're supposed to have an open, (laughs) honest dialogue there, Leah. (laughs) Um, oh geez, where to start on that one? So I guess I'll start with the easy part when I discuss stuff like that with Jade. I mean, with anything, I'm open, I'm honest. I tell her what my views are and how I feel about it and she's willing she can take out of that what she wants and she does she she takes what she wants out of that decides for herself looks into things if she wants um ultimately the me too movement I feel and I've forgotten half of your questions because you well I want want, want, (laughs) Chris Brown journalism (laughs) way um how do you how do you explain the Me Too movement? Because I, I might explain it some way different because I'm a man, so I'm looking at it as a man's perspective. But as a female, how do you view, how do you describe the Me Too movement? If you were to, uh, someone came to Earth and said, explain to me the Me Too movement, how would you do that? Oh, good grief. Um, <laughs> In 20 seconds. <laughs> In 20 seconds. Okay, the Me Too movement is, I think it is a movement that had, like, all movements has uh, a good base to it it started out with good intentions and has quickly grown to um it, it's outgrown itself it's oh, it, it's too much and it's i mean ultimately about women's harassment uh, abuse um sexual abuse and it it started out as a good conversation but people have taken it too far as we're prone to do now and ultimately it's now detrimental to the things that it's trying to fight because people have taken it too far would you agree with that 
I, yeah, I agree. And how would you, uh, because you, uh, as someone else of a certain age, uh, how would you explain it to your, or when you're talking with your female friends, how are you explaining that? Are you actually having that open and honest diet conversation about, hey, there's harassment, there's domestic abuse, there's rape. We need to stand up for each other. And the Me Too movement, like Leah said, it started a conversation. Does that conversation spill over to your generation? Honestly, most of the people that I've spoken to, like female co-workers, female friends, actually agree with that. They agree that, yeah, okay, it started out as a basis to like stand up and say, hey, this is happening, or making other women feel supported in those terrible situations. But now it's turned into something a lot more that sometimes people take advantage of as well. They take advantage of it, and even if... I, I Amongst the people that I keep company with, um, anyways... You see I'm a one hash- of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're one of them. Um, you see hashtag me too, and it's like, oh God, not again. What? Do you actually say that? Yeah. Both of Actually, you? I do, because it's so in your face. It is so overwhelming. And there's just so many people. You hear the stories of the people that cry wolf, and they're all about hashtag me too. But then you discover there's nothing behind that. Or... You know, so uh, do you both do you believe the stories that come out the moment they come out as females? No, you, really? No. Yourself? In the new in the in media? No, not right off the bat. I want more detail into it first because really, mm-hmm. that's huge. Because the first few podcasts I did with the, for Women's Week, they said yes. Because they always want to believe the survivor, right? Uh, And it's interesting to hear from two people say, you know what, I want more information. Why do you need more information? Why do you not just ultimately believe them right away? Because I know, like you said, there's the boy who cried wolf, but it's the idea that if you don't believe them, you're degrading the idea that people can come forward, aren't you? No. Why not? Because you can come forward with it, but you you need to, I, I hate to say the word show, but ultimately you can't just say, oh, that guy said something bad to me and it's affected me for the rest of my life. And because there's so many people out there that say that where it isn't true, where they've taken the most innocent of comment and turned it into something that gets them attention. And I've seen a lot of that where, um, even within my own family, where they will take comments and turn it to something negative, turn it to something that, oh, this person said this about me and they're horrible people and that we should just, you know, go confront them about it and, oh, we should do something about that. And it's nothing to it. They, They may have said something completely innocent and meant nothing by that comment and they're being attacked for it and that's where that comes from is that I just I tend to take a step back and say hey what's the whole story here because we're really quick to jump on the bandwagon on one person's side of the story there's always two sides to the story not saying that one person isn't telling the truth and shouldn't be believed and things shouldn't be done about it but 
the full story needs to come out before judgments are made and before decisions are made on 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 stories if you've listened to the very first episode of women's week on the cross-border interview podcast little seamless plug there um we talk about the canceled canceled culture that we currently live in um if a actor, a producer, a comedian says something wrong, says something inflammatory, uh, is accused of uh, assaulting a woman or uh, using their power to influence a woman to do sexual favors for a position or an actor or a job, um, we automatically cancel them. We don't talk about them anymore. We don't do anything about them. Biggest case right now, Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby was accused of rape. He was found guilty in the court of law. We don't watch his shows anymore. Kevin Klein, or Kevin Klein, Kevin Spacey, sorry, Kevin Klein, Kevin Spacey's same. He was accused of raping a 13-year-old boy. He got, basically, he went from top to bottom within two minutes. Um, as a female, do you believe in the canceled culture that we have? If a male comedian was to say something or be accused of something, would you automatically stop listening to them, watching them, going to their concerts, going to their shows? I understand in cases where it's, like, proven that they're guilty and whatnot, but for, like, little comments, like, I know Miley Cyrus had made a comment about uh, choosing to be gay, but in her own terms, she re-apologized for that kind of thing. Like, she might have meant something completely different, but she got a lot of backlash on it, and a lot of people, like, I noticed in the past couple weeks that a lot of news that was on her has dropped, which... I understand, okay, maybe there's nothing, but still, the amount of backlash that she gets or any star like that gets from that, I think, unless it's continued behavior, proven like, okay, yeah, this is a cycle, they are doing this kind of thing, I don't think they should get that kind of cancellation. Have you ever... Can you name an actor or a celebrity or a singer or a comedian that you went, I don't agree with your behavior or what you've said? Really? Well, no, I'm not sorry. Not in the fact that I don't agree with them. Like, there has been a couple, like, okay. Like, in, even with that comment, with Miley Cyrus's comment, I well, didn't agree with it. You choose it. Yeah. But, can like, you differ- I wouldn't... Can you separate their yeah. profession from their comments? Well, absolutely. Because, okay, so their songs, like, a lot of times you don't have to buy the songs anymore or whatever. Like, if I, I wouldn't go and be going out and, like, yeah. fangirling her over anything. Like, just you mean if Miley Cyrus <laughs> came to Slave Lake, you wouldn't be fangirling? Because I kind of would be. <laughs> I'd be going in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> <laughs> No, but if, if I ever got to a point where I, like, I totally didn't agree, agree with them, like, it's their songs. If I like their music, I'll continue listening to it for my own reasons. I don't, sometimes, like, I don't always associate that singer with that song. It brings me my own joy in other ways. So if it's my favorite song of the time and they say something bad, why would I deprive myself of that? Like, I like that music. I like that song. I may not have to follow that person, but... 
True. Mm. And I get that. Um, Would you kind of agree as well? And have you ever, uh, in your 29 years that you've been on this earth, um, have you ever thought to yourself, um, you know what? I'm not going to listen to that person because of the stories that are coming out. I can't say I haven't thought of it. I have definitely thought of it. Bill Cosby being one of the examples you gave. And of course, you know, things were proven in court Court. law. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I have definitely thought of, you know what? I, I don't respect that person anymore and I don't value where they're coming from. I do kind of get what Jade is saying where, yeah, you know what, if I really like a song, I'm still going to listen to the song. Yeah, the royalties still go to that person and all that fun stuff. But I'm also the type of person where if somebody else remakes that song and I like it better, I'll jump ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that, too. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> Understandable. Um, we, we live in... Uh, an age where women are still struggling every day. I, from my perspective, and I could be wrong in this, why yet again, women's week on cross-border interviews to get the story from the people. Uh, we live in a time where women are still struggling to be um, looked at as equals. In your professions, and we won't say where you guys work, but in your professions, do you find yourself still struggling to be treated as equals? Who wants to go first? (laughs) You talked about it a bit where you're in a male dom and Jade mm-hmm. uh, you talked about this a bit when you're you're in a male dominated profession and yet you seem to be outperforming some of the guys who work there do you find that you have to do that because you are trying to be treated equally or just because hey, they might be lazy or both 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 <laughs> both how do you overcome that how do you get your mind wrapped around a position in your head that you say, you know what, I don't need to be forcing myself to be thought of as an equal because in my mind, I'm equal already. Proving to myself that, like, not, well, I already know that I'm equal. Yeah. But breaking the stereotypes for around people's, like, for people around me, and showing them like, hey, I am just as good as this person, or hey, I can do things as well as this person can. Like, even though I'm starting a new profession, just going out and showing that like, okay, I'm, I'm developing each day, and already I can notice that for certain people, the males or females, that I am progressing, and showing that I am equal to these people, kind of thing. So and it's not even just for males, but it is other females as well. And that's the next set of questions I'll be asking. <laughs> Let's get through this one first. I'm just setting you up. Yes, for you are. You guys are really good at like anticipating what I'm going to ask, and you don't even listen to the podcast. So thanks. Um, what about yourself, Leah? Um, with my profession, it, it it is more office based, and so so it's and don't don't make don't let this sound like it's a sexist comment, but an office space and typically you think of office workers, you think of females pushing carts and all doing all that stuff. Then you're there. What? I said then you're there. Four times a month. Four times a month. Okay. So do you find yourself having to prove yourself as a female while you're there? 
wouldn't say so, no. That's good. No, I don't think I have to prove myself as a female that I'm just as good as my male co-workers. I am also not the best judge of this stuff because I really, I... My life view on that is I am who I am, and if you don't like it, you know what you can do with it. <laughs> Eat a crispy crunch? Exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I do my job to the best of my ability. I learn and do new things as I need to, um, but ultimately, I, I know that I always have room for growth and expansion. I also know that compared to other males in the office, I can work harder, I can learn more, but then they're doing their job to the best of their abilities too. So I don't, I don't consider it as a male-female con- comparison. It's a person-to-person comparison. Okay. Jade, you opened up the subject, and I will want to breach the subject. You often hear news stories, you often hear uh, people talking that to better move the uh, female equality forward, you have to first educate the male. I look at this, I saw the eye roll, we'll get back to that question here first, but my question first is... How do you do that when there's such an inequality between women? There is so much that I see, I hear every day of women putting down women, of women making sure that they get put forward over another woman, and women looking at other women going, you know what? We don't need to be the feminist. We don't need to do that. We should be happy the way we are now. So I'll start with Leah on this one because I saw the eye roll and I need to get this off her chest before she strangles me. So do you believe to further the women's equality, we need to first... Um, solve the issues that are facing women's relationships with the, their their same the, the women's relationships with each other. Women are catty. Oh my god, women are so catty. Um, yeah, we have issues in our relationships. It's part of what makes up women and the way that we think and the way that we are. Plus, it's also come. It's also paired with the fact that. Generationally, women previously have fought really hard for the vote. They've fought really hard to be seen as equal. Um, and therefore, they, when, they, when there's other women working in the same field as you, I feel, many other people may not feel the same way, um, that women become more competitive because they feel they have to prove themselves to be better, to be the best, to be promoted first, even above other women. And it, and like I said, women are just inherently catty. They, not to say that men can't be, but women are, oh my God. So how do we fix that? How do we fix that? How do we fix the human condition? 
I'm the interviewee, interviewer, (laughs) sorry, you're the the subject. So how do we fix, how do we get women to come together to begin with? Is it an easy fix? Is it a fix that you'll see in your lifetime? No. You think it's always going to be there? I doubt we're ever going to fix it because we're humans. We're all people. I don't care if you're male, female, or in between, you're never going to get unity because there's such a variety of belief systems and such a variety of people who hold this above that. And they argue and they fight about it and they compete over it. People will never see eye to eye to come to that equal ground where you can just walk hand in hand. It's a great ideal and be wonderful if we could, but we're not gonna see it. I think that, yes, we need to ensure that everyone, not just women, men, women are treated fairly. It's not just a gender issue. It's an all around issue. It is, it is an, an issue that needs to be addressed within our society first and not just on a gender basis. Lives are not like movies. Um, as someone who just graduated high school, Jade. I was going to say, I, I, I mean, Tina, I really hope I realize that the world's not like the movie. Like yeah. Um, <laughs> I think the best scenario the best movie that I can reference here and I can't believe I'm referencing it but whatever Mean Girls you look at the culture that's in high school and you see that starting that women being oppressive to other women in that setting that high school setting as someone who just graduated high school do you did you see that did you see those popular cliques attacking the nerds or the drama kids getting attacked by the goths? In the women's sense. Not like straight out bullying. Like there are obviously cases where like I've seen where people will say a comment to someone else's face. Um, more when you're younger, I feel, I've seen it. Really? Where, like, yeah, when you're like, I noticed in... Like grade like seven, seven, grade eight? Yeah, no, grade seven to like grade five. Grade what? five to grade seven. That's when it was most vocal towards people's faces. I noticed, like... Did they, you ever have that happen to you? Oh, definitely. Did you talk to your mom about that? Like, was it was it a... Talk f- and come in crying. <laughs> really? Yes. Was it yeah. a female who was saying this to you? Yeah, females, males. Like, I, for me personally, I was picked on my for my weight. And also, for obvious reasons, a lot of the popular girls didn't want to be friends with me. And a lot of the guys didn't find me attractive, which grade seven, you take that pretty hard. <laughs> Even if it's someone that doesn't matter. Today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but... No, obviously, I had a huge problem with it. I always come crying to my mother and stuff like that. Like, I had huge problems. It's caused me problems even now. Um, more that I've noticed as growing up and going into high school, it's 
always on social media where you get into the cyberbullying and stuff like that or where it becomes more of gossip not straight to people's faces whereas I've heard this about Jenny or and she's talking about Barbara or something that old people Jenny and Barbara is that your high school <laughs> friends Jenny and Barb what are you the 40 they act like those kind of bitches so you know <laughs> oh Jenny and Barb <laughs> Um, do you find social media bad outlet? Do you think uh, social media has caused the um, rise of trolls towards women to increase? Definitely, because they have a screen to hide behind. How do you, as a young uh, woman, get away from that? Do you use social media? Yes. Twitter, Facebook? Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. Honestly, for me, it's a lot of my accounts are private. Yeah. So if someone's being mean or whatever, I don't need to add them. I don't have to accept their friend requests. I don't need to follow them back. If they're being rude or inappropriate, I block them and I report them. Like, you don't need those people in your life. Where if, you know what, I'm having a really bad time, I'm seeing a lot of different things on social media that I just make me feel bad about myself, I delete the app for a while. Get that out of my head because I don't need that. And what about yourself? Do you use social media? I know you use Instagram because I think I'm one of your four followers. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, I use social media. Not... Overly, I don't post a lot. I go on more. I use Facebook. Do you see some of the stuff that she sees? I do. Um, I don't see it on the kid side of it. I see the grown up of it. You don't see the family members anymore. (laughs) (laughs) No, I haven't. (laughs) We won't go into family. That's for the next month's podcast. podcast. (laughs) Family Week featuring the Malach, Jerry Springer edition. (laughs) I am so there for that one. Oh, can't wait. Um, (laughs) No, adults, uh, yeah, kids are bad for for cyberbullying, but so are adults. Adults are horrid for it. And it is. It comes back to keyboard warriors. You're behind a screen. You're anonymous. You can say what you want. You would never say this stuff to a person face-to-face. And if you would, you'd probably regret it because you'd probably be laid out on the floor with a black eye. Um, But yeah, no, adults are, are... mean when it comes to social media and there are sites that yeah I will avoid there are posts that I'll avoid because the comments are so negative and so derogatory even some of the the news postings and you'll get people on there arguing and they're just ripping one another apart um you get when I was when I was pregnant with my youngest you know you're looking at all the kid stuff but then you get one mom who comments, oh, hey, you know, these cloth diapers are the best. And then you get 50 other moms ripping her apart for her belief in cloth diapers. these cloth diapers. Yeah. Or another mom posts, you know, yay, I finally got my baby onto formula. It's just such a relief. And then they're, they're like a flock of rabid crows, for lack of a better way of describing it ripping her apart because how dare she feed her child formula where they don't know the background on it. They don't know why she's feeding her child formula. Perhaps she couldn't produce. Maybe she had to have a double mastectomy and she couldn't breastfeed her child. And she was relying on 
a, a nursemaid or something for the first few days while she was in the hospital. Who knows what she was doing, what her life is at, and yet they're ripping her apart. Do you think social media has destroyed our culture? Yes. Do you? I definitely think it's taken yeah, a big Yeah, if you goal. nod, like, it doesn't I, really show up on a podcast. <laughs> are you sure I can nod really hard and, like, shake the table? Okay. <laughs> but anyway, do you think it's destroyed it? I definitely think it's negatively affected it in a way. I get where you can share your culture a little bit more with the world, and it opens that kind of door. But definitely with the amount of negative people that are are out there and people who are willing to rip down anyone, and even if they do share their culture, they'll rip it down for no reason because they believe something and they just don't understand that that's going to hurt somebody, whether or not you, you think it's right or wrong. Like, I do think it's taken a very huge toll. You grew up in a generation. You grew up in a separate generation. You have I a hope young, so. Me too. You, <laughs> you have a younger daughter and a younger sister who's growing up in a completely new era. And she's a female in 2019, and she's just five, five and a half, or five and uh, forget five what and I, half. five and a half. We'll go with that. Do Do you think that? what you've gone through is what she's going to go through? Yeah, definitely. She's already showing signs of things. She's coming home and saying, I don't have friends to play with. She's already coming back home and saying that. I definitely think she's going to go through a lot of stuff and maybe more. And that's and that's the more part is what I want to get at. Yeah. Do you think, you're, do you think women of t- who are your daughter's age, your sister's age, are prepared for the future? are going to be in a different era where it's going to be harder to be a woman or it's going to be easier to be a woman. Oh, gosh. It, Put the crystal ball on. I think look at the future. That's a really hard one. You go ahead. I think it's definitely going to give her a lot more opportunities or even just more outlets. Like, that they accept female roles more. I think it's more of a matter of fitting in or fitting out whether or not she can take the tolls that sort that our solutions our society's gonna throw at her. Like whether or not she's gonna be able to make a friend group, friends that she can trust kind of thing, or she'll be able to decide what she wants when she's out of school. Like, because there are so many options. And we do have the social media and definitely kids already her age are looking at social media or on the internet kind of thing. What about yourself? Do you think your daughter is going to be uh, grow up in a world that's easier to be a woman? I'm. Are you talking easier as in the things that we're doing now will make it easier for her? Or? Well, yes and no. Um, you look how you grew up, where uh, the gender roles were male, female. Mm-hmm. You were supposed to be just in. Dresses. You're the wife, you're the mom, you're yes. the Yes, and now caretaker. Jade's generation is, there's a cross-section of uh, binary genders and non-binary genders, and the rise of hate that 
is potentially out there now with the trolls. Do you think your daughter, your youngest daughter's generation, will be even worse off? Where people will be, because you see the divide in this country right now is so bad. There is, you are either left or you are right. And if you are left, you are a commie. If you are right, you're a psychopath. Let's be honest. It, Let's no, be honest. True. If you look it's at the true. trolls, that's how it plays out, yeah, right? Yeah, that's how that's how so our society is when is coming at your things. daughter, your youngest daughter is your age. Do you think it's going to be even worse where being a woman could be a detriment, or do you hope? And I hope for our society, I really do, that when she's your age or even my age, because I'm a lot older than you. <laughs> Um, my years exactly. with my 18 and a half you, year old daughter. <laughs> exactly. Do you think that she will have it easier? With everything I'm, that you guys are doing, with the movement, with the Me Too movement, with the, hey, you know what? It's okay to be different. It's okay to just be yourself. I would hope, and of course, a mom always hopes, just like you do, that in the future, it's going to be better for her kids. It's going to be easier for her kids. Because don't get me wrong, growing up, I, I felt that pressure as a woman and even getting married and that women have a specific role thankfully I've in my life I've never actually had to adhere to that role as tightly as some other people um but I think that if we can learn how to moderate the movements and not make them so overwhelming because that's one of the biggest issues is it's so overwhelming I think there is there's a way to approach things where you're not turning people off because when you overdo it when you over push it when you oversell it and you make everything about that people shut it off they turn away from it. They turn a blind ear to it. They become disgusted by it. And they no longer want to pay attention to it. They don't want it in their life. And people will turn the other way and do things deliberately against those movements just to prove the point that, hey, no, I don't want you pushing this on me. I don't want you forcing me to listen to this and believe in this and do this. Whereas... If you took a more moderate approach, they may be more open to it. People hate change. They hate it. I don't care who you are. Nobody likes change. And if you force a huge change down somebody's throat, they're going to rebel. And that, I think, is going to hurt in the long run the amount that we're trying to shove down people's throats, the amount that we're putting it out there, the amount that we're overdoing it is going to hurt the movements that we have going on right now and it's ultimately going to hurt our young people's lives because when they get older and they're trying to live their lives they're going to be faced with a whole new difficulty of people not taking them seriously for trying to be who they are my last question for both of you is we're nearing the hour mark here so breathe a sigh of relief we made it there you go <laughs> If you could do one thing over again as a woman, what would it be in your time on this earth and why? Oh, good grief. You couldn't have given us a head up, heads up on that question. <laughs> nope. Or am I at all? 
<laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about, Jay. <laughs> no, if there was, if you could do one thing over, if it was befriend someone, stick up for another female, say something that you should have said, punched your boyfriend because he was playing with your dog too much on the, <laughs> while we were recording a certain thing. I don't know what I'm talking about. But if there was something that you could do over again as a woman, what would you do? Or do you think you've lived a good life? And do you think that you are happy with how your life turned out as a woman? Well, I guess you're not opening your mouth to talk, so I guess I'll talk first. <laughs> Let me just jabber away here. Um, hey, that's how I get my, most of my questions out. <laughs> you start one way and then it ends up being a completely different question. Um, I think I've, I think overall I have lived a good life. I have things in my life that have happened that I don't like, but I am one of those people who... I don't regret it. So I've had I've had bad things happen in my life. I have things that that I don't appreciate in my life. But they are part of my life and part of what makes me up and part of my experience and it makes my life what it is today. And therefore, if I had the chance to go back and change it, I wouldn't because I am who I am because of that. And it sounds very cliché to say it, but it's true. Um, if I was going to change anything in my life, <sighs> where do I start? <laughs> where do I start? No, no, understandable. <laughs> so Jade, without saying ditto, <laughs> I was going to comment. Yeah, she's talking about me. <laughs> I was totally not looking at you. I was thinking more wine. Yeah, I was looking at me. <laughs> more wine, jeez. <laughs> So, would there be anything that you would change? Just a lot more speaking out for, like, either me or different women that I've been around, either in the workplace or at school, just kind of vocalizing and either saying, hey, that's not true, or don't do that, stop it kind of thing, and or even speaking out for myself, just kind of standing up for myself more, not being okay, that shy, quiet person, or feeling like, okay, I'm a woman, I need to... Where I, I'm in a woman role kind of thing, or people see me as a woman, or I'm built as a woman, so I need to act a certain way. <laughs> Definitely speaking out and just being myself more. I don't know if I would have survived you speaking out more on other people's behalf. <laughs> <laughs> because you did a lot of that. <laughs> yes and no. Oh. I do a lot more speaking out towards you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I cannot <laughs> argue there. But you did speak out a lot for the underdog when you were in school. And it did get you in a lot of trouble at school, too. So I don't know that I could have handled more. Trouble? Are you kidding? Teachers love me. I've never been in trouble. Teachers, teachers loved you because you were an awesome kid. But you did stick up for the underdog. You were very much for the underdog, whether they appreciated it or not. And this is what the podcast is about right there. <laughs> Didn't have to say anything. Literally walk, run on for about three minutes. Didn't have to say a word. You guys were interviewing yourself. Thank you. Oh, you're quite welcome. Thank you very Anytime. much for doing this. It was See, greatly appreciated. Now we're in the groove. 
I know. I now can restart we're, it. Restart it. Now, now restart it. <laughs> no, we're going to do another podcast with your boyfriend here and talk about chocolate, which we're not. <laughs> just FYI. He's probably eating all of this something. chocolate. But no, uh, in all sincerity, thank you very much for doing this. I know it probably uh, it was a little bit daunting at first, but you guys got through it. Uh, thank you very much. Oh, thank you so much for having us on. Thank you for challenging my anxiety. Wow. <laughs> And one last time, thank you for our guest for coming in, sitting down with us. Much appreciate it. But I also want to take this moment and thank you, the listeners, for tuning in, for subscribing, and listening to our great podcast. Without your subscriptions and feedback, we wouldn't have the ability to continue on this great adventure. If you haven't already, head over to Facebook, give us a like. Cross Border Podcast. It's easy to find. Just type in Cross Border Podcast on that search bar or Twitter and Instagram, both Cross Border Podcast. And with that, I bid you adieu. We'll be back here next Saturday with another great edition of the Cross Border Interview Podcast.